All right, what's up, everybody? My name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. <clears throat> I'm trying something new today. We're on episode 84 of Goals and Updates. And uh, I'm trying to, I got a tip from a friend to try to get this, uh, uh, the mic a little bit farther from my, from my face because it covers my mouth and he said it's kind of weird. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out. We'll see how it plays out. Um, uh, listening through the headphones, it it does sound it sounds a little weird from the headphone angle, just because it's not directly in front of my face. So um, I'm gonna try it out and we'll see how it plays out on this episode of Goals and Updates, uh, episode 84 of Goals and Updates. Today we're gonna be talking about two really good topics. The first topic is gonna end up being information is both powerful and disempowering. The second topic is gonna be expand, and I think I changed it in the an actual subject on this one, empower your life or expand your life. I mean, I'm sorry, expand your life. Um, I, I originally it was expand, but I was just thinking expanding in, in massive quantities and everything. And I think I just changed it to expand your life in, uh, the Facebook description just to make it a little bit more of like a clearer, uh, topic. So what we're going to do, how we normally start off goals and updates is we go right into updating you on my life, just so you understand that, I'm implementing the same stuff I'm, I'm telling you guys in the topics into my life. And then that way you guys can see that um, I'm still doing the same stuff that you're doing or that I'm trying to, to help people out with uh, by changing their mindset, right? Like I'm constantly enforcing the same stuff into my mindset and, and my actions as well. So the first thing I was going to update everyone on is I uh, recently graduated uh, college with a, a two-year degree. I didn't get my diploma yet, but I did get a certificate. So I was gonna, I was gonna show you guys the certificate. See if you can see it. Thank you. So it's a, it's a certificate, and as a, it says this certificate in business specialist. So I, uh, I majored in business. I originally went into college for uh, general business. I didn't know exactly what I wanted my major to be, so I went in for general business. And then as I went through, I think I changed it to business marketing. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm pretty sure they said to leave it alone because uh, it's it's not, you're going, like I was at the time I was going for a basic two-year degree. So they said, you just leave it alone. It's not a big deal. You're not in your, your major yet because when you're in the first two years of college, you're only going for basic classes. You're not going for what your physical major is yet. So I decided to... Uh, what's up, Jason? Hopefully, I'm trying. I'm trying out what you what you gave me. I'm trying out uh, putting the mic a little bit away from my mouth so you guys can see it. Uh, Jason was the one that gave me the tip. <laughs> but uh, so I went and got um. So I just graduated the two year degree, and at Broward College, after you do the two year degree, they go and mail you also a, uh, a specialist like certificate, and that's what I got. I got this specialist specialist certificate. And I'm waiting on the diploma. They said the diploma might take like up to six months. I don't know, you know, how that all works out and stuff, but hopefully that goes that goes well. What's up, Sterling? What's up, Jimmy? But um, but yeah, so I'm waiting on the diploma still. But I got that certif the certificate, which is pretty, you know, pretty cool. It's definitely a resume booster, I would assume, right? But anyway, so that's that. Uh, some other stuff I wanted to, you know, update you guys on is, um, as you can tell, I'm wearing the shirt and tie and it's a Saturday, right? So everyone at my, uh, office that I work at right now with, uh, cross country home services, 
Um, there was only like eight people in there today. Saturdays, there's no one in there working. I think it's only like a handful of people normally. But um, I'm the only one that dresses up in a shirt and tie. Everyone comes in there. The one manager came in flip-flops, no joke. Uh, the one manager that I that uh, that works there, I don't know what department he's in control of, but came in flip-flops on a Saturday because obviously he knows there's going to be no management there. So he just came in flip-flops and uh, you know an okay T-shirt. I came in and I'm not even – I haven't even been there – for four months, I came in with the shirt and tie on a Saturday. All right, so you can obviously tell who has more uh, self, you know, self worth for themselves um, at that particular job. All right, I'm out working the managers there. Okay, so that, that's that's the goal. That's why I come out and I, I wear the shirt and tie every single Saturday. Um, as you can tell, we're we're uh, filming this episode of Goals and Updates, episode 48, on a Saturday. So I have the work the work ethic of trying to make up. I was supposed to come out and do this on Thursday, I believe. Something came up on Thursday I couldn't do. Um, I couldn't do the actual episode. And then Friday, it was like kind of too late by the time I came home. So I'm like, it's not going to it's not gonna be worth doing one at like 10 o'clock at night. So I ended up saying I'm going to do it on Saturday, right? So I'm still working. Like this is work for me. So I'm still working on a Saturday. Some people are probably chilling, playing video games, watching Netflix, not really doing much. But I'm out here and I'm trying to work. And, uh, you know, get this, get this podcast, uh, going even on a Saturday, right. Trying to make up those, uh, those episodes and put some content out there. So that's, that's something uh, that I'm doing obviously, right. That's an update, but, um, trying to think if I can give you anything else. Uh, there hasn't really been any, uh, two major of changes. The only thing I really got was that certificate. Um, I've been getting some feedback. The coolest thing I've realized with these podcasts is, like I said, uh, it's mostly through Facebook and Instagram, right? So it's all internal. A lot of people that are on my Facebook and Instagram are internally linked to me in some way, shape, or form. So my my goal is to broadcast internally and expand out, right? I need to broadcast to the people I know internally that are close and then expand out. So the coolest thing is like whenever I go to a family uh, function or I go out and I see a family friend or I go out and see some friends, they go, hey, man, I really saw your podcast. It's really good. I, you know, good content. And they'll give me feedback. Well, when I went out to lunch with, um, uh, you know, I, I consider a lot of the people that I know family. I don't really consider them friends. So like a family friend uh, told me to move the, the microphone away from my face and he was trying to show me some examples. And he said, you know, a lot of the time the microphone's in front of you and it's, it, it kind of makes it a little weird because like no one can really see your mouth when you're talking or you can't see your face. And I had, I kind of thought about that for a while too, when I was kind of filming them and I'd go back and watch some of my episodes and I'd be like, you know, it's kind of, it is kind of weird having the microphone directly in my face. Um, the only reason I was doing that was because normally when I talk and the microphone's too far away. Uh, I can't, I can't hear directly through the headphones, which I mean, I can turn the headphones up, but I don't know exactly the sound quality that's coming out on the other end of the the viewer. So, you know, that's what I was thinking. And that's why I was keeping it close. Now I'm going to try it out for this episode. We'll see what happens. I'll watch it after and see if it, if it was worth moving it to the right, or if I have to readjust it some other angle, but for, for now it sounds, it sounds okay. Um, Trying to think what else I could update you guys on. That's that's all I can really update you guys on right now in my life. That too many things haven't really happened yet. There's a couple of things I'm working on, uh, which I'll uh, I'll disclose once I you know get a little bit further into it. 
But I think right now we're just going to jump into these two topics. So the first topic is information is both powerful and disempowering. Now, I came up with this because I was listening to a lot of podcasts recently about information, right? And a lot of them had information that would empower someone if they heard it. And I listened to, obviously you guys know, I listened to a lot of um, improvement type of motivational videos where it's people that go through very, very tragic situations and they talk about how they gradually uh, overcame those really tough situations and how they did it. So uh, recently I just uploaded Inky Johnson, which was someone I recently just ran into as a, as a, a speaker. I didn't know too much about Inky Johnson and, and he ended up you know, getting all the way up to NFL, ended up um, playing almost, he had to play four more games to make it into the NFL as a professional football player. And on that, that last, the fourth to last game, he ended up getting, he went for a tackle, ended up messing up his arm and all the nerves in his shoulder ended up um, basically, I forgot what they call it. It's like some kind of um, nervous system kind of like disease. I guess it's not really a disease. Well, yeah, I guess kind of is a disease, but something with his shoulder and his whole arm is useless. Like he can't use his arm at all. He has no function in his, in his right arm, I believe. And so he was going through all this stuff, how he was saying how, you know, it instantly hit him. He worked his whole entire life, 20, you know, 20, 15 years of working to get into the NFL. He finally gets his opportunity and the opportunity has gone within a snap of a finger. Right. And he had to figure out what his next move was. And he ended up becoming one of the best motivational speakers. I don't know where he ranks right now in, in professional speaking, but He's making a pretty good living off of motivational speaking out of, uh, you know, dislocating his, you know, messing up his whole entire arm and not being able to go into the, the NFL as a professional football player. And for me, it, it just made me think about a lot of stuff because, you know, a lot of us work really hard to get to a certain point in life and then something happens and it's, it throws us completely off course. And his story kind of resonated with me because my, you know, my whole life I've been kind of trying to drift uh, like drift through. And then I found, I found a place where I kind of, I felt like I fit in. Like I was looking for that, that opening where I would fit in, uh, and, and, and kind of like strive for something that was a little bit more, uh, more massive than, than myself or like how I was thinking or how I was acting. And I found the niche, obviously, you know, no one's perfect. Um, it's going to, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy ride. Nothing's easy, right? Whenever you feel like you have something figured out, life kind of knocks you, knocks you down and, and you have to think about a lot of stuff, but, and you have to figure out how to get around the obstacles and like almost like loopholes, uh, in a, in a way, but it just, it kind of made me think about a lot of stuff. So that was one speaker that kind of resonated with me, but I was listening to recently, I was listening a, a little bit about like Jordan Peterson. A, a lot of people probably know that, uh, no, no matter what political side you're on. Um, I think if you listen to him, cause he doesn't, he does talk a little bit politically, but he's not he's not really talking too much po like political actions and stuff like that. He's talking more about self-improvement. And a lot of people kind of mark him um, politically just because, you know, a lot of the stuff that he's saying does a, a little bit of line in politics on how people act, how people, you know, how people are marketed to, why people feel a certain way. But it's all self-improvement is, is mostly what he's talking about. Excuse me. And that was, and that's the coolest thing with that guy is 
Um, that's who I was listening to this morning or this morning. I was listening to that guy, uh, Jordan Peterson, and and he was talking a lot about like why people are depressed, why you know people can't find certain outlets to help them out, um, why certain people do what they do. I think he's also a psychologist, and so that's why he's talking a lot about different people and how they react to things and how they uh, they, they maneuver through life. And the information, I think it was him that I, I heard something about information, and they were talking about how information. Uh, can either help people or, or how it can help people or like, you know, they kind of like disempower them where they, they kind of, they think they have the right knowledge, but it's really the wrong knowledge. And that's what I was, you know, that's why I got this topic from was I was listening to information and they were talking about the truth and how like, you know, some people spread information that's not true. And some people try to spread good information that is true and how the right information, if you have the right information, it'll set you free basically that you'll, be able to do what the average person cannot do. And I, you know, I realized that, uh, that that's, that's, that's hundred percent true. Right. And that's why you see a lot of people that, you know, kind of either quit, they quit in life, uh, completely quit, or you have people that, um, completely kind of just go, Oh, that's impossible. Right. Cause they can't see it or, they, they maybe wanted to do something and everyone told them they couldn't do it. And then they started believing they couldn't do it. And so they, they quit, they got the wrong information. Right. And this is also arguably, this is where it might get a little bit uh, political. I'm going to be honest with you, but this is where a lot of the politics, a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation that gets spread in politics. And that's why a lot of people uh, end up going down different routes is because information from different sides, you know, obviously in the United States, you have two different political components. You have the Republican standpoint and you have the Democrat standpoint, right? So both sides um, are giving you different types of information. And most of the time, the information gets skewed, where it's getting skewed almost into a pot. And you have to try to figure out what's good and what's bad information. And that's where a lot of people get trapped, because some people might just tune into one thing and they hear this from this person that they kind of like, and maybe it's not the full truth and maybe it's a half truth. And then they go and they apply it and then they don't get the results they want. Right. So you have to understand that, um, you know, this is where it might get more political now. I'm going to warn you, but, um, this is why you see a lot of different people. They, they struggle, uh, economically and stuff because they have the wrong information. I did an episode last, uh, I think it was um, Wednesday. I did an episode Wednesday, episode 83, and I talked about debt. And a lot of like financial information is coming from one source or two sources that control that environment wherever financially you're going, like banks, right? Banks would be a big one. Um, Wall Street would be a big, uh, big one. So these people are trying. They know if they give you the right information – you're you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna use them anymore. So they have to they kind of have to manipulate the information that's being spread out, and that's why you know a lot of like your parents, a lot of like youth, a lot of um, like teenagers right now don't have the right information. That's why there's a lot of debt in the United States. It's not because people are stupid. It's because it's a lot of misinformed people that have the wrong information. And I'm gonna give you a couple examples, uh, like right now where I kind of, I, I kind of, I, I learned about something and I told someone else and they told me something that I, that 
like you could look up on the internet and like in, in an instant understand that it wasn't true. Whoever gave them the information was wrong. They trusted that person. They just carried the information with them. So here, here's a big one. Now this one is not political at all. This one's just kind of like a, people might actually laugh at this one, but I when I was working at um, Broward College, there we were talking about information, or I'm sorry, there was something on the news where a dog got attacked by an alligator. Okay, some some lady was walking her dog with an alligator, and the, the I guess the dog, you know, I don't know if the dog lived or died or whatever, but they were talking about oh, you know, like if you see an alligator and you have to run for your life, you got to zigzag, you zigzag, right? And I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I don't think that's true. Uh, I'm almost positive you're supposed to run as fast as you can straight. That's a myth, right? You're not supposed to zigzag. It slows you down. And everyone in that room, there was about five people, uh, six including myself, said, no, that's wrong. You're supposed to zigzag. And so I'm like, all right, I got the internet at my, like, we're all on computers. So I look up if that's a myth or if it's true, right? If you're supposed to zigzag, if an alligator is about to chase you, I look it up and it goes the biggest myth, right? And it was like in bold letters, the biggest myth about alligators. And it said, you don't zigzag. It's a, it's a myth. If you zigzag, you slow yourself down and the gator runs straight and the gators are not slow. They're, they're pretty fast. I think it said like they can run up to... 30, like 30 or 35 miles an hour or something like that. And, and I, and I, and like, and I like told them straight up, I'm like, look, it even says right here, it's a myth, right? You run straight as fast as you possibly can. And they're like, oh, right. So that's, that's something where, you know, it's not as serious, right? But it's something where information was spread from one source Right. I don't know who originally came up with that myth. I don't know if it was just someone that just wanted to be funny and just spread it. But if you talk to most people, they'll probably tell you that, you know, you're supposed to run zigzag and, and you're not. It's a myth. But the information from one source spread down, you know, from one person on and on. That person told another person, that person told another person that, you know, and so on and so on. And that's, you know, then we got stuck with that information where it was the wrong information. So if that, so my point to you is, if that's, you know, if we have the wrong information on, on running from an alligator, you can only imagine what kind of information we have that is probably false, that has been passed down century from century from century, right? And that's what I started realizing once I started reading books on finance, reading books on credit card debt, reading books on uh, banks, reading books on how to make money and lend money and, uh, and so on and so on. And that's, and that's, you know, that's the truth, right? So when I came up with this topic, that's what I was really thinking about. If you can give accurate information to the public, you'll set them free, right? You'll Because that's, that's kind of like what's controlling you, right? Is your thoughts. How you're thinking is controlling your actions and outcomes, right? So if you have the right information, you'll succeed, you'll thrive. But if, let's say I gave you the wrong information on financing, right? On finances, on like personal finance development, you're going to suffer. You're going to be poor for the rest of your life. You're not going to understand how to make $1 into $5. You're not going to understand how to uh, leverage debt, or you're not going to understand how to, you know, create more wealth for yourself. You're going to be stuck. And unfortunately, we have a lot of bad information on finances. 
And I learned that just by reading books. All right. The best advice I could give you is start reading books on things that matter. Don't read romance. Uh, don't read, you know, fictional or um, I think it's fiction. Yeah. Fictional books. Like start reading things that matter, things that you want to change in your life. You want to learn how to, um, you know, be a, a fireman, start reading books on, on people that were firemen for 30 plus years and read, you know, read their bio, you know, biographies and uh, go in. And if you want to be more financially independent, start reading financial books about, you know, people that have researched it and said, you know, you want interest rates around here. You want to, you know, you want to stay away from credit card debt. You want to, you know, stay away from student loans You and have, and they'll describe it to you in depth, right? So that's my my input on that. I, you got to go find the right information. You got to go find good sources. And unfortunately, now it's so hard to do that. There's so much information in the world, right? Everyone's doing podcasts. Everyone's doing, um, you know, YouTube videos, informational YouTube videos. Everyone's got some type of uh, political channel. Everyone's got, you know, a news source of that they like. So there's a lot of different news sources. So you got to be careful where you're getting the information from. So that's where this topic is really coming from is information is both powerful and disempowering because if you're going to the wrong source for information, you're going to be trapped. And I'm telling you like the craziest part is once you start learning about um, data analytics between like financial, uh, personal financing and, and how people, you know, like we're United States is the most wealthiest country. This one always gets me every single time when I explain this to people is, uh, you were the most wealthiest country in the world, right? United States of America. 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Why? It's because they have the wrong information. It's not because they're stupid, right? They're misinformed. They don't know that you're supposed to store money into a savings account. And then when you get to a certain point, invest the money, get rid of the money. Don't keep the money, like get rid of it into an investment and let that money grow. Over time, try to fight inflation. No one really knows about inflation too well. Everyone talks about inflation, but no one tries to fight inflation, right? They just store money in a savings account and pray to, you know, pray to God that one day they'll have enough to store it into an investment, which, you know, most of them don't even, I think like 90% of Americans don't even invest their money, by the way. Um, not including like the stock market, because normally if you're working some type of corporate job, you're, you're probably investing in the stock market, believe it or not, Right. You're probably in one way or another investing in the stock market because the corporation's already kind of pulling your money out and putting it in and they'll match you. But most Americans do not invest their money, right? And um, I went to a meeting. This is actually pretty crazy. I went to a meeting for Toastmasters last or this last Tuesday, all right? And uh, like I told you in the last episode, I ended up uh, evaluating a speech for this one girl that did a investment speech. And the and the the woman at the end, like came over, and we, we were talking about investments because after every every speech, we normally you know people leave and then you talk to other people, but people were talking about the speech because they really liked her investment speech, and I was talking to them and I was like, yeah, I don't you know, and they're talking about diversifying your your investments, and I'm like, yeah, but diversifying isn't really a, a it's not really what you think it is. And I'm talking to like the one guy looked like he was 60 or 70. Okay. He's definitely, I think he said he was even retired. So I'm talking to a retired guy. Okay. And 
the other lady looked like maybe she was like 40s, uh, could possibly almost like early 50s. And the other girl I was talking to was like 30s. So I'm talking to all types of different people of different age groups that are at this uh, at the Toastmasters event, all right? And I said, diversification is stupid. And I was like, I'll tell you. And they're like, what? What do you mean? You're supposed to diversify your money. And I said, no, I was like, it's a myth. And they go, what are you talking about? And I go, think about it for a second. Why do you diversify? And they go, oh, because it's a safer investment. Like you're more guaranteed to win. And I said, yeah, but if you're poor, right, you're poor. You don't have a lot of money to invest in the stock market. You're not going to make a lot of money. It's going to take you a long time to make any kind of money off that investment for that stock to go up, right? So if you only have $1,000 to spread, you and let's say you have five, you know, five invest in five stocks you want to invest in, you're, you're, you're stretching it so thin that even if you do win, like even if your investment does go up, it's not making hardly any money. Just like she was talking about inflation, you're, you're barely, you know, not making it. And I said, what you should do when you're broke, when you're a new investor, is you put all your money in something that you know is going to work, right? Something that is going to work. And you risk it more because you have you have you don't have any money anyways to really lose. You don't have a lot of money. And I was like, the reason they say diversify, by the way, by the way, the person that came up with diversification is Wall Street, right? We all know Wall Street just wants your money. Wall Street does not really care if you make a dollar or two. They know they'll make money off your money. Same thing with banks. Banks loan. As soon as your money goes into a bank, by the way, it's gone. It's spent. It's lent out to nine other different people from the bank, right? And the bank's making money off your money. They're making money off lending your hard-earned cash. So they're making money off you, right? And that's where, and that's why people don't understand. Like, you got to be careful where you're getting the information from, all right? And just because it's it's been said over and over for centuries doesn't mean it's the right way. It just means that the information has been carried down from century to century. It doesn't mean it's the right information. So my point is uh, on that subject is I was talking to him about diversification and I said diversification works if you if you're very very wealthy if you have like five million dollars to spread it's a different story than a thousand dollars right because you then you can then you can lose a little bit and your investment if if let's say two out of the the five different stocks go up and you make a decent amount of money you're you're still making a decent profit on the return because you have a lot of money still invested in that one stock or the two stocks. So that, that's what people don't think about, right? Plus inflation. So this is the other thing I wanted to get into that I thought was really funny about this whole thing with information, right? So um, when she was talking about inflation in her speech, she was talking about how things go up. Most people know what inflation is. If you don't know what inflation is, inflation is like, if you ever talk to your grandparents and they're like, oh, I got gas. Back in the day, back in the old days, I used to go and, and put a quarter into I paid a quarter per gallon for gas. Now we pay about $2.50 roughly, right? Maybe a little bit more. It goes up and down constantly. But we're at about like two fifty dollars per gallon, probably more. It's probably a little bit more than that, at least in South Florida where I'm at. But some other places, it's even more, right? The reason for that is inflation. A car probably wasn't, you know, the average car now is probably worth about twenty dollars to $30,000. Back then, it was maybe $15,000 to get a brand new car. 
right? So that's inflation. The value of, of the cost of making uh, goods went up from printing more money into the economy, right? Most people don't like most people kind of know what inflation is, but most people don't think about inflation when they're investing money. So you have to be making enough money to fight inflation over time. That's why when people just store money in a savings account, it depletes. The money is not like, let's say I had a thousand dollars in a savings account. The, the, that type of, of cash is going to slowly start depreciating. It's not going to be worth a thousand dollars in five years stored in a savings account because you're only making 0.05% on a savings account and inflation, let's say is about two to 3%, right? So you're, you're depreciating the money that's stored in the bank in a savings account and you're actually losing money in the savings account every single year. People just don't know it. They, they just see, oh, I still have $1,000 right there, but you lost money over time. We printed more money and inflation happened. So most people don't know that. That's what I mean. It's information, right? Information. Most people do not know that type of information. So they store money in a savings account. A lot of people kind of know about the 0.05%, but they still don't do anything, to be honest with you. They don't take action on it. They don't invest it. But anyways, um, so that's information, right? And when I was talking to this one lady, she was like, well, what's the best investment in your opinion since you're, you're saying about investing? And I said, well, my thing is multifamily. And I said, the reason why, and I went into details and I told her about inflation. And I said, uh, real quick, uh, before I continue on this topic, the one, the one guy that actually is a Toastmasters there is actually a multifamily uh, or com commercial multifamily landlord. So he owns multifamily properties. And what he was saying was, um, before we kind of talked about this and I kind of went into the, the topic with them, he was saying, yeah, I raise, I raise my rents every single year, about four to 6% to fight inflation every single year. And so the one lady, um, when I was talking, you know, I was talking about multifamily and I said, see how Scott was talking about how he raises the rents every year, uh, four to 6% and fights inflation every single year. And she said, yeah. And I was like, that's why multifamily is a good investment. It's fighting inflation. It's fighting, um, it's passive. So you're getting paid every single month on top of the money being made. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's safer than stocks. You're not gambling your money. You're going to have, if it's big enough, if you scale it big enough, you're going to have cash flow coming from it. Stocks are kind of, you're gambling. It's like pulling a slot machine. You're hoping to God the company doesn't go out of, you know, the company keeps growing but you're, you're basically just pulling slots. You don't, you don't know in the next five years if the company's still going to be there and you lose all your money. But so I was telling her about this and she was like, well, I, you know, I like that idea. I like the, the commercial multifamily idea, but she's like, I could never raise the rates every single year on people living in that apartment. Like that's, that's crazy. Like you're raising the rents on people. And I was like, but that's inflation right? It doesn't matter if I'm going to raise the rents, everything's going to rise regardless with inflation. So it doesn't, it, it, what you're saying doesn't logically matter. Everything else is going to go up. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, take gas for, for an instance. You don't think gas fluctuates and goes up and down, up and down, up and down. That's inflation. And she goes, she goes, yeah, but that's different. That's transportation. And I'm like, it's not much different. I mean, everyone's got to have some type of transportation, right? Especially in South Florida where you're living. 
everyone has to have some type of transportation. I'm like, it's just business. Like you have to, you have to understand, like, it's just part of business. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make a profit in business. And whether it's Scott raising the rents, everything else is going to be raised anyway. So no matter where they go, it's not like it's just Scott raising the rent of, you know, four to 6%. What's up, Eric? Uh, It's not like he's just raising the rents to raise the rents. Like every other place is raising the rents to, um, you know, fight that inflation. And and it's just funny too. Sometimes when you explain things to people, because like people don't logically, I think honestly, people are a little bit too emotional and as you can tell, she was very emotional by that reaction. She's like, ah, I can never raise the rates on these people every single year. And I'm like, yeah, but inflation is everything. It's not just apartments. It's not just living. It's gas. It's your food. It's everything. Everything goes up over time because it, it, it's not it, it's not the demand factor. It's it's the part that we keep printing more money and, money, and then things cost more. So I'm like, you know, even though that you feel bad, I'm like, I totally understand how you could feel bad about that. But every every other thing that they're going to go and buy is going to be inflated anyways. So it doesn't logically make any sense. <laughs> and and she and like and she was like, yeah, but I I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it, but I just thought it was funny. That's why I wanted to share that because like her information is wrong, right? She's thinking she's not thinking logically enough on the information. She's thinking too emotional on the information, right? So that's something where she's she's being disempowered by information. And just like most Americans, most Americans are very disempowered by the information that's being spread from from these these uh these businesses, these, these monopolized businesses like banks, Wall Street, and you know, and, and unfortunately, like a lot of people are going to be stuck in that because a lot of people aren't educating themselves on on financial knowledge um they're spending you know most americans don't even read right most americans don't even read to get information nowadays the average american barely reads one book a year and it's crazy it's mind-boggling i read five books and i'm like oh my gosh i feel like a genius right because all the information is in 350 pages of the book right um, I learned credit. By the way, I learned a lot about credit by just going to a bank and sitting with the bank teller and going, "Hey, you know, I, you know, I read about this. Is this true? Like, what about this?" And you know, I, I went and got information from different places. Now, um, you know, you got to be careful because, like I said, the bank is the one that's kind of giving the wrong information. So, some of the stuff that she was saying, I, you know, I agreed with because I did my research on it and I knew that if she's telling me this and I read this. It was accurate, but if she was telling me something else and I read something completely different and it was someone that wasn't influenced by a bank or it wasn't influenced by something else that was related to a bank, I I would know she was lying, right? Or whoever the bank teller was, was lying. But most people just, you know, trust whatever someone, the next person next to them tells them and they don't, they go, they don't go and research it themselves. And that, that's a big problem too, right? Because if you're listening to, I can give you a really good example, which some people will probably hate me for saying this, but if you're watching CNN, I have a I have a friend that every single time I go to their house, uh, it's constantly CNN on, all right? And almost 90% of the population knows that CNN is giving you false information, all right? Uh, whether you're left-wing, whether you're right-wing, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm pretty sure most Americans know that CNN is giving you false information, But yet again, people still, you know, like half the population still watches a lot of CNN. Um, 
But it's funny too because you could take, and this is how I know information is skewed, by the way, in the news. I went in when I worked at uh, the marketing job at Broward College. This is the first time I ever um, got hired at Broward College. They worked at Fort Lauderdale campus. So it was like a skyscraper. We went on like the ninth floor, the 10th floor. And where I was working, they had a collab room. They called it this collaboration room. And they had four flat screen TVs put together. So one, two, three, four. And on every every TV, on the four TVs, they put CNN, they put Fox, they put C, uh, NS, uh, MSNBC, uh, ABC News, right? So four different news sources. And I think they did that just because, you know, if, if you know, they did it as like, I think consideration to the people working there, like, oh, like, if, you know, you like CNN, you got to watch CNN. If you liked Fox, you got to watch Fox. I, I think that's why they did it. But I, I was sitting in a cubicle right next to it. So I constantly would see the same story on four different news channels talking about completely different things on the same topic. Okay. So CNN is talking about something that's related to left-wing people. Fox is talking about something related to right-wing people. Um, you know, ABC and I think MSNBC is probably, you know, talking a little bit differently than the other, other two, but they're all talking about the same topic or the same subject, right? So if there's a car accident, they're talking about the car accident, but then, then this side's talking about something different on the car accident. This side's talking about something else. This side's talking about something else, right? So who's really telling you the truth, right? You got four different news sources that are telling you four different things on the same topic. That's what I mean by skewed information. And it only takes one person telling another person the wrong information for it to spread like a virus. So you got to be really careful where you're getting your information from. And that's what I learned um, at a young age because, you know, uh, I, you know, even though I'm, I'm very, very conservative, right? I'll tell you flat out, I'm very, very conservative, but I listen to people. I don't care. I don't really care what political side you're on. You could be far left for all I've cared. I've talked to a feminist at a bar before. I don't care what political side you're on, but I listen to you. And what I do is I listen to the information. I process it. I think about it. And then I go and I research, right? And I try to be as unbiased as I possibly can. And I just go and do the research on what I learned. And if I hear something that's very like interesting, I go, okay, that's very interesting. Now, is it true? And I go and I research it. Most people would just take the word from the person. I go and I research it. You got to be really, really careful where you're getting the information from. Now, I can, so that's, 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 I gave you a couple of examples. I gave you the one with like the gator myth where you're supposed to zigzag, which is a myth. Um, I gave you like the financial stuff from like banks and investing. Um, I'm trying to think of something else I can give you. Um, the, the best thing I can tell you, which is it's, it's political there's no way around it is like the welfare stuff uh, where most people think that they, they need to push welfare on people. So food stamps, they need um, income from the government. Right. And we know statistically that this is where it kind of comes in financially too, where they have like the wrong information, but they think that by taking money from the government or taking money from food stamps, um, all stuff that's welfare related, They'll, they'll be okay. But what happens is they become too dependent on that resource, right? The government. And so they don't improve themselves. They don't go and self-improve. They just stay on the welfare. And then they, and then they, they, they can't figure out why they're not making enough money to live because all they're doing is collecting a check from the government, not really working. And then going, okay, I, I kind of need more money, but I don't want to work. Right. 
And they're like, oh, I'll just get another check next month from the government for $1,200 or whatever, right? So my, my point to you is, and, and it's not because they're stupid, right? It's because they're misinformed. They grew up, their parents probably grew up on welfare and then they told them about welfare and they're like, oh, like if you do this, the government will pay because of that. And that's income. And if you do X, Y, and Z, like they'll give you more money, right? So it's just because it's, it, they're misinformed. There's a lot of misinformation in the world and you got to be careful where you're getting it from. So check, you got to check where you're getting the information from and make sure the information is right. Um, now it's, like I said, it's not easy right? It's not easy because there's so many different sites that are giving you different information. You have like everyone trying to do podcasts now. Like, you know, obviously I'm trying to do a podcast and I just started, but everyone's doing podcasts. Everyone's spreading different types of podcast information. You know, internet's filled with different blogs and sites. And uh, now we have all these different news channels that are constantly spreading information. So just, you got to be really careful. Now, the next topic we'll talk about is expand. Right. I put on my my paper, expand. I think I put on Facebook, expand your life. That's really what I was going for when I wrote this down. Um, I was thinking to myself as I was making a phone call, I was like, oh, I got to expand. Right. Expand, expand. And I wrote it down like three times. And I was like, I got to expand. And the reason I just put expand was because I wasn't thinking about like expand, like expand people. I was thinking about expand everything. Right. My bad. I hit this mic expand everything. I need to expand how many people know me. I need to expand, uh, my knowledge base. I need to expand how many, you know, how many, uh, people I'm reaching out to. I need to expand my audience in podcasting. I need to, uh, expand the outlets that I'm putting the content on. I need to expand however I possibly can expand. Right. So I was, I was thinking like, I was thinking to myself with expanding, uh, which, you know, that's the whole reason I'm doing the podcast, right? Is I'm trying to expand the people that see me and the people that know me. And um, I'm trying to get more out there. So it's a, it's, it's a way for me to put myself um, out into the public and to expand. And like I said, I'm trying to expand internally, right? People that are very, very close to me, expand to those people. And then I'm going to expand to the world, right? That's, that's the ultimate goal is to build the podcast up and expand out to more people. So that's something that, that's something that I'm trying to work on right now. Like I'm on episode 84, uh, which is pretty cool because, um, yeah, episode 84, I mean, I'm almost at a hundred episodes. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm on the part where I'm producing content, right? I'm, I'm producing two episodes every single week. Um, and they're, and they're decent episodes too, right? I give you the topics, update you guys in my life. I, I pitched done deal investments. And at the same time, um, I'm ex- trying to expand to different audiences. So, for instance, the the, the two subjects would be people that want to change their mindset, right? Like the whole point of goals and updates is to change the mindset of individuals from negative thinking to positive thinking. So I got to give you the right information in order for you to do that. Now, I can give you the information, but you have to be willing to change your life and be willing to take the information and try to change it right? I can't change your life for you. I can just try to give you the right information uh, from things that I've read, things that I'm constantly doing every single day, things that I'm noticing. That's why I update you guys in the beginning. So you guys understand that um, this is for myself too. Like I'm not, I'm not just trying to improve everyone else's life. I'm trying to improve my life at the same time. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a better individual for myself 
but I'm just trying to help other people along the way, as many people as I possibly can help. That's why I started Goals and Updates. And I do done deal investments at the end, which is, is helping investors and sellers uh, in, in real estate space. So that's something else that I'm trying to expand my audience to is, is real estate, right? Um, I'm, so there's different things basically that I'm trying to expand to. And you know, I got to get in front of people. So that's that's why I'm doing it on Facebook and I'm doing it on Instagram. The next step I think I'm really going to try to push for is I'm going to start trying to make a YouTube channel where I can push this content over to and make a, and make a you know playlist and make channels. And the other thing too is I want to figure out how I can, um, I think I got to buy a certain device to do it, but how I can just do one device and live stream to four or five different social media outlets where it's all, it's, it's all, it's meshing different outlets into one, right? One channel, which would be pretty awesome. Cause then I can hit more people on different channels now. So that's trying, I'm thinking about expanding constantly. I got to expand, right? Same thing with business. Like I'm constantly thinking about, all right, like, like who can I, who can I call? Like I went out with, uh, this weekend with, with my, uh, my friends to the Key Largo, right? I didn't know anyone in Key Largo right? Zero people in Key Largo. I don't know anyone in Key Largo. The reason I went to Key Largo is because they're like, hey, we're going to go to this this party and we're going to meet uh, a bunch of people in this in this one particular area. And I said, okay, I'm so down. Let's go. And I go, you know, I go to the party and I meet, you know, like five or seven different people. I met a lot more people than that, but the, the people that I really talked to were like five or six of the people that were just around and like having a drink and we were just talking, right? And in, in a group. And so, I'm trying to expand, right? I'm trying to go and meet these people in Key Largo that I, I don't know, right? So that's the main reason I went down there. Uh, same thing for the reason I'm probably, I'm going to Orlando in the next three weeks, right? Uh, I'm going to go to uh, a rally. And the reason I'm going to the rally is because I want to expand the people that know me. I want to get in front of more people. That's the whole reason I went to the 10X Goods Conference, right? I tried to get in front of more people. I tried, and I wanted to learn, obviously, but uh, it's information plus networking. But I go to these events. I go to different things because I want to network. I want to meet people. I want people to go, oh, I saw that person at, at that event, right? The whole reason people go on TV is because they want to expand the people that see them. So I want to expand. I want to get more people to know me. The reason I dress up at work is because more people will be like, I know that kid, even though I probably don't know his name. Actually, they probably will know my name because they'll be like, oh, that's Tyler. Tyler dresses up every single day at work. That's why I dress up every single day. I do it for a couple other different reasons, but that's the main reason. I want people to notice me when I go to work. I want people to go, hey, that's Tyler Dunn, and he wears this, he wears the the shirt and tie every single day he comes to work. That's how I know Tyler Dunn. I don't personally know him, but uh, you know I, I've talked to him a couple times. But that's how I know Tyler Dunn. He, he dresses up in the shirt and tie. He's the only guy that ever does that at this place, and that's how we know him, right? So that's what you got to work on. You got to work on expanding, and most people will fight this. Just just letting you know, most people will fight expanding. They go, I don't have to expand. I don't have to do that. I just have to go get a job and go get a place to live and go and and be average. And that's average thinking. You're not trying to expand. By the way, you can't live a life alone. Just letting you know, you can't do it. You're going to have nothing. You have to have people that are on your side. And, and, and that's expanding. It's expanding your net worth. It's expanding your network. That's expanding you know, the, the people that you know and see. 
Um, you know, I, I started off, uh, you know, I, everyone starts off when they're born with kind of nothing. You're kind of, you're working, you're working to a certain point uh, to where you are now, right? Before I was making 10 to, you know, almost like, I think almost 15 once they gave me the raise. I think it was almost like $15,000 a year. Now I'm making about 30, 30 G's at, at this new job, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work my way up. I'm trying to expand, right? I went from this level now to this level. Uh, I knew, you know, there's some people I lost along the way that I'm not friends with anymore. Uh, some ex-girlfriends along the way. Um, you know, some family that maybe I don't talk to as much as I probably did. Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't really lose too many family members. But the point that I'm trying to make to you is along the way, I went to different family functions, right? I went to a funeral and met uh, people on my, you know, it's technically is my family, but I've never met before in my life. Why? I went to go network, even though it was a funeral. And I went to go see, you know, obviously I went for other reasons too, but I, you know, I go to places to see new faces and to introduce myself to new faces, right? That's the business mindset. That's the expansion mindset. I, I need to get in front of more people. People, if people don't know me, people won't flow me. That's not my quote. That's Grant Cardone's quote. But, um, but that's that's the point. Is you got to get in front of more people, no matter who you are, right? If you want to go and get a job, you got to get in front of the right individual to get the job. And by the way, if you know enough people, right? If you know enough people, and you go, hey, I lost my job, or hey, you know, I need a new job, like this job isn't working out and I'm not making enough money, I need, you know, I need X, Y, and Z. If you know enough people, people will actually come to you and go, hey, I heard you needed a job, this person's hiring, right? And the only way that happens is if you know enough people, right? Enough people that want to help you. Enough people that know like, oh, he's a really good person, I'll go help that person, right? And people want to help people. Like, I think it's very mis-, mis like like it goes back to like misinformed, right? Misinformed information. Uh, people do want to help people, right? People honestly want to help people. There's probably like a handful of people that like could care less because they're very, very like, they're very like selfish or they're very pissed at the world. Been there, done that, just letting you know. Um, and it doesn't work for you, right? The more people you help, the more likely that person's going to help you, by the way, and and vice versa. Uh, but people do generally want to help people. Like if someone was like, Hey, like I'm homeless. I really need some food. Someone will go into the store and buy the, the homeless person food. I guarantee you now, uh, you know, whether that person is thankful for that, you know, is a different story, but you know, people will generally try to help other people. There are good people in the world, by the way, I think there's actually more good people than bad people. Cause if you had more bad people than good people, you probably wouldn't be living the way you're living right now, just to be hundred percent honest with you right? I wouldn't have this mic. I, you know, we wouldn't be as, you know, living as good as we are now if there wasn't enough people that wanted to help other people, right? So that's how you have to start thinking. That's the mindset that I'm trying to get you to realize. Like you have to change the way you're thinking. It's the only, it's the only way you'll ever be either a successful or happy, right? The two, you know, everyone probably doesn't really care about being too wealthy. You know, a lot of people kind of don't, kind of quit on that idea but a lot of people you know everyone wants to be happy and the way to be happy is you got to change your mindset you got to think of things differently right so that that's the whole point of goals and updates we're trying to change your mindset here with these topics so that's expanding 
right? You want to expand your, your audience or you want to expand the people that know you. It doesn't even have to be an audience. Just expand the people that know you. Um, I can give you a couple examples. So um, let me give you a couple examples of my own life where I expanded enough where someone helped me out. So when I went for this job that I'm at right now, I had about four, one, two, three, four. Uh, I think it was four, I'm not mistaken. Four people that I reached out to that I wanted a reference from. Now, the, now most of these people... I think all four of them I knew for different reasons. One I invested with, uh, two people I worked with at my previous job, um, when and one of them, like the one person I worked with, moved. Uh, another person I ended up working for as an as an intern. So it was like a previous job, like like two years ago. I worked, you know, I worked for that company uh, as an intern. Like I wasn't getting, you know, I wasn't getting salary pay or anything. It was just like a an internship for a couple of months. And I used that resource and that, you know, that was like vice president uh, type status where I, I, I used that resource or that person as a resource. But what I'm trying to tell you is these are all people where I expanded. I did something and I got to meet them some way, some shape or form by expanding what I was doing. And, and I got to use them as resources. They wanted to help me get another position where it would, it would benefit me financially and it would benefit me um, in the long term, like the long the long term run for a career, right? These people wanted to step up to the plate and help me, and I wasn't giving them anything. I just asked them, "Hey, I'm I'm going for this. I want to go for this opportunity. Uh, it's a big opportunity for me. I would greatly appreciate if you could just you know write a couple words through the the reference uh, platform and just give me a, you know give me a good word and you know, whatever you want to write about me, just write about me. But I just need, you know, I just need your, your support and I just need a reference. And they said, yeah, for sure. Right. They said, yeah, for sure. You know, they didn't have to do that. They could have easily said, no, nah, I'm not really interested in doing that. Like, no, thank you. Right. But they did it. Right. And I ended up getting, I got some really good references, but that's because I expanded enough where I met these people. Right. And I, and I got the job that I'm at right now. Um, by, by doing that, by expanding enough where I got to use resources, uh, the same thing with, um, with college, right? When I went to college, I went for half a year I think I went for like six, uh, almost like, actually, I think I went for like a full year there before I even went to like, go get an internship. And I, and I took, cause I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Like I was saying in the beginning of this, uh, this episode, uh, I, I didn't really know exactly where I, I knew I wanted to do business. I didn't know exactly where I would fall upon or what direction I wanted to go uh, with business in college. So I just picked general. But once I sort of, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I've read up on things and this is where I was kind of like listening to videos and, and kind of touching up on education. And I was hearing a lot how people weren't using college, right? Um, they were saying like, you know, a lot of kids go, they come back with 40 grand, uh, 40 or more thousand dollars of debt and they can't find a job. And the reason they can't find the job is they're not, they don't have experience. The first thing they ask on a resume is, hey, do you have any experience? And everyone goes, I have zero experience, but I have this degree and I'm in, I'm 40 grand in debt. So they're automatically in debt, massive debt, and they have no experience in the work field. So the, the, the person doesn't want to hire them. They can't find a job. They have to try to go work for free, right? And they have all this, they have all this debt behind them. 
And I said, you know what? I got to figure out where I want to go. And I need to go do some internships to see if I really want to, you know, be in this, this field of work. Because that's another thing that happens too, is these, these college grads graduate. They didn't get any experience in the work, in the workforce, in that, that job field. And they go and they work, they finally get work and they go, oh, you know, I really hate this job. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And they just wasted 40 grand in debt on a degree that they're not even going to use. So I started telling myself, like, I need to go and, and, and pick a field of work in business, like some type of, of form. And people were telling me this too, by the way, because I, I went to like a, I went somewhere and they're like, Hey, like, what do you want to do in business? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I you know, I want to own my own business at the time. I wanted to own my own bike shop. And I'm like, you know, I kind of want to open my own business and, and I'm really into BMX. I like bikes. I want to go and open up a bike shop and they go, like, okay, but you need some type of experience in order to do that. You kind of have to have some knowledge. You have to like go in and, and research things. And I said, okay. So I went home, looked up the most high in demand jobs. It was marketing. I read the description and I was like, yeah, I'm very creative. I understand the aspect that like the main, the main point of like marketing. And I, I you know, I'm really creative in, in ways that I was doing things. I was into filming and editing. So it took a lot of like creativity to make videos and, and splice the, the footage certain ways and put music in it and, and do different stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to try marketing. So, you know, I went and I expanded and I, you know, at the time I was really nervous because like, I didn't know what was going to happen. First of all, no experience that I'm trying to apply for jobs. And I knew, you know, I knew they wouldn't put these jobs out here if they didn't know that these college kids are just going to go and apply for them as an internship. So I kind of said, you know, like, screw it. Like, what's the worst that happens? They just don't, they don't hire me. Like, I'm, you know, it's like, whatever. But I, I went to the intern uh, ship, whoever ran that, I forgot the person's name, but whoever ran that, that part of uh, Broward College, I went to her office and I'm like, hey, like, I want to do marketing. And I really want to get a job where I can get some experience just to see if that's really what I want to do. And I'm like, I also, you know, I read that most college kids graduate, they don't have any experience, and this is a good place to start. And she said, yeah, here. And she slides the paper over and she's like, this is the only marketing job or the, or the only internship that she's like, I've ever seen that's going to pay you cat, like pay you money. And she's like, um, so if you're working, which, uh, which I told her I was working, and I'm like, I kind of, I can't really go, you know, I can't work for free really. Cause I have, you know, bills to pay and I'm paying car payment and I'm paying car insurance and I'm paying all this stuff. Um, and I was like, it'll help. So I just, I went home, did some research, applied and I got, you know, I put myself in an uncomfortable position and I got hired at this, this place that was, uh, uh, it was like a, it was a company that was worth $8 million. And I got, you know, I got put in with some of the highest, highest people within that company. Because it was they they label themselves as a small business because they didn't have a lot of uh, departments within that that organization. They kind of built it small um, so they can work hand in hand with the the customers. But they were making eight million dollars in revenue yearly, and I was really excited. You know, I went home, told everyone, uh, I told my friends, I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm get, I'm gonna get this job. <laughs> I'm gonna get this job. You're gonna pay me ten dollars an hour. I'm gonna learn some marketing. And I'm like, it's going to be great. And I go and I, you know, work for them for, you know, like six months. I think it was like six months and I got some experience and I, I learned a lot in that company, even though I, it wasn't the most interesting job uh, of all time. Like I wasn't too impressed because they didn't really have a marketing department. They were kind of just, they're kind of doing things that were kind of outdated. 
And I kind of knew that I didn't, you know, I didn't want to stay here, even if they did offer me a job, because it wasn't really, it wasn't really helping me in the, in the real marketing experience, because it was kind of like outdated work. And it worked for them because that was their, that was their audience. But I wanted something that was going to be more technical, uh, more technology related, more digital, because that's where, you know, that's where everything is. It's all digital nowadays. I needed to learn digital marketing and they weren't doing anything digital. So I'm like, you know, whatever. But the point is I expanded, by the way, I got to use that connection on that resume, by the way. Uh, that was, that was the place I worked at where the person was, um, uh, vice president of that company. And I got to use that person on my resume, which, you know, that's probably the best person I got on there was that person. Um, but the, the point that I'm trying to make to you is you got to expand, right? You got to expand who you're talking to. You got to expand the people that you're trying to get in front of. You got to expand in some way, shape or form. Now, the, the next thing we're going to talk about right now is Dundee Investments and then we'll wrap this up. But um, so for anyone that doesn't know, my name's Tyler Dunn and I work or own a company called Done Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. How this company works is we take sellers, I call them distressed sellers only for the fact that um, most of the people that we get for this kind of business is people that financially can't sustain the property. And then we take an investor and we put them together on a deal. So Done Deal Investments is, is responsible for taking the seller and making sure the seller's needs are taken care of and the investors' needs are taken care of, and both put them on a deal. So, the the type of distressed sellers that normally like would actually do this would be people that either have liens on their property, are in pre foreclosure, uh, people that have job transfers they got to move really quick and they got to sell fast. You inherited a house and you just want to get rid of it. It's got a lot of work that needs to be done on it, and you just want to get rid of it. It's you know you just want to make the money off the equity and you just want to move along. Same thing if um, you're going through a messy divorce, you want to do a quick sell. You don't want a long, lengthy process of trying to sell the house. Dundee Investments can help you. I'm trying to think um, anything else that I'm missing. I'm pretty sure, like, but anything that you really need where you have to sell the house fast, we could do it. Even if you don't want to deal with a, real, a realtor, right? Even if you're like, you know, I've done, I, de- I dealt with realtors before and I, you know, they, I, they charge me way too much commission. They went in, they, they took like two, three months possibly selling the home and you didn't really feel like they earned the commission that they, they got. This is a great way where Dundee Investments can help you in that way, just selling the house extremely fast and just you know giving it to an investor. Now, the how this process works is I call it the three-step process to financial freedom. So the first step is you have to contact Dundee Investments LLC, whether it's email, whether it's website, whether it's going and, and using the phone number, uh, you can text, you can call, you can email us. I think I said you can go on any social media platforms, which is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for right now. And you know, any way that you you physically want to do it or feel comfortable doing, you can you go ahead and do it, and we'll reply back to you. But that's the first step. I I can't physically help you if I don't know you need help. So you have to contact us now. Whether you just want to talk about it. It's perfectly fine. Um, I don't consider that a waste of time because you might want to just be informed. You want to know what the pro- like how, to, how this really works, right? How this really works, uh, even though I'm going through the process right now with you, the steps, but maybe you have questions that I'm not really answering as I'm explaining to you what Dundee Investments is. It's a great way to reach out 
and just send me your questions and I'll reach out to you. Um, if you're going to send questions or you just want answers to the questions, you, you can call. Like, I don't have a problem calling. But um, it's probably better just to use, like, email or, like, social media because it, you know, if it might, it might just be, like, a, a better way of doing that. But any questions you have, I completely welcome. Just, you know, somehow reach out to me with, with Dundee Investments. Now, the second step is once I know the financial condition that you're trying to get out of or your situation and the condition of your property, I just ask you some basic questions on the property. Uh, from there, then we go into step two. So step two is we then have to schedule an appointment for me to come to your property so I can you know, do like a walk around just to see the condition of the property, just to make sure that um, I, I accurately take pictures, five pictures inside and five pictures outside. And just accurately look at the property just to know how much money we're really looking at investing into the property for the investor. And that way the investor is on the same page. Because when I go and find investors, I'm going to send them all the information. I'm going to send them the 10 pictures, the five inside and five out. And I'm going to go and send him the paperwork saying like, all right, you're going to have to fix the roof. You're going to have to fix, you know, the mold that's in the kitchen. You're going to have to go and fix the, the pool. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to fix X, Y, and Z basically. And it's probably roughly going to estimately cost you about this amount of money. So he knows exactly what he's walking into. So, you know, he, he knows what's going on. So it's not like we go to closing, he signs the contract and tries to back out of the deal because he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, so that's the whole reason why we have to set up the appointment. I got to take the pictures and send the investor a quote on how much damage he's going to have to fix and invest into the property. Now, from here, all that's going to happen is we're going to go into step three. So once I have all that, I get the investor. Um, even if I, you know, even if I'm still looking for an investor, we can still negotiate on the deal. But um, what happens at this point in the third step is then we go into negotiation where I'll give you the price, right? So let's say, let's say I go and run comps. Right, I go and run the comps, and I go, okay, here's the average price. When I say running comps, by the way, just so if anyone doesn't know, it's just it means like I'm going to take three houses that are the closest to yours in that neighborhood that I've sold in the last three months. If 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 anything, I sold in the last three months in that neighborhood. Um, but I try to go as recent as possible and as close to your house as possible. Three houses. We get the average price from that, and that's how much we're going to basically. Uh, used to then deduct from the investment. Once we deduct how much it's going to cost to basically uh, invest with the investor to put money into the into the property, that's where we'll get the last number where we'll negotiate on. So that's the number we'll negotiate on after we get the average price and deduct the cost of investing into the property. From there, it's we just negotiate and we try to find a point where we both agree. That's that's all. It, that's all it is. We're just gonna we're gonna find a point on that. You're gonna tell me your terms, right? So if you need to stay in there for another three weeks, you need X, Y, and Z before you can actually move and sell the property to the investor. That or yeah, sell it to the investor. Then that's where you know, like I work with you, the seller. Uh, you know, I work with that before we sign the contract, before anything, we negotiate on all that stuff. Then I go to the investor. I get, you know, I catch them up. I go, okay, this is what's going on. This is how much they agreed upon. This is they need these terms in order to to move out and find another property and and do it comfortably. And from there, all we do is once everyone's on the same page, we go to the contract, 
and everyone signs the contract. The seller signs, done deal investment signs, then and the investor. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't say the investor, but investor, seller, and done deal investments to clarify that if I did mess up that. But so once we sign the contract, now the investor will then take ownership of the property. Investor will flip it, invest that money that, that I told him like, Hey, you're gonna have to fix the roof. You're gonna have to fix this. He's going to sell it for full price. He's going to make a, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, return on his investment, right? Cause he's selling it for more money. The seller is then going to walk away with the cash offer that we gave him. And if you need anything at this point in, in time, like let's say you actually do go through with Dundee Investments and, and we do end up you know, selling your house and you get the offer. If you need anything at this point, uh, like an, you need a real estate agent, you need home inspector, you need any type of resource, Dundee Investments will help you find that resource. Now, the seller is then going to find another property within their budget or if they want to rent, whether they want to finance another property, get another mortgage, whatever they want to do, is up to them, but now they'll they'll be able to do that comfortably. Um, most of the time, people that are stuck in these situations are like behind on payments on the mortgage, or they're behind on back taxes, or they're behind on something that's financially just dragging them down, where they're about to like almost like you know they can't get out of it. And at the same time, um, if they they foreclose on the house, it affects their credit. It affects a lot of long term financial abuse on that seller. So that's why this works the best right? This process is designed to help that property owner, even though the, you know, investor is making money and Dundee Investments is making money. I created this business so that the seller had another resource, another opportunity to get out of um, the financial struggle that they're in basically with the property that they own. Uh, the bank doesn't like, they don't have any resources for this. The bank really only gives you the financial money, which is normally a mortgage, so that way they try to make money off of you through the mortgage uh, with interest, right? They're, they're off the loan basically of that mortgage. Once, once you're like, hey, I financially can't do this. I need more help. They're not going to give you any more money. They're going to say, we gave you the mortgage. We gave you the loan. You said you were going to keep your part and pay us back. Uh, tough, you know, tough shit basically. And, and they're just going to basically say, you know, figure it out on your own. So that's why I created Done Deal Investments LLC right? Is, is for that reason for the seller. Now, Dundee Investments will obviously make money off the deal. But the cool thing about this is it's going to come from the investor, right? The investor is going to pay Dundee Investments a finder's fee um, or what most people would say commission, but I call it a finder's fee because we put the deal together, right? I went and got the seller. I went and got the investor and then I put the deal together. So that's why I call it a finder's fee almost, but it is commission, right? Um, but the cool thing is we're not going to take it from the seller. We're going to get it from the investor, which is the coolest part about the whole thing because investor will have the money to pay and this won't affect the seller, right? The, the seller doesn't get, in, get um, affected by that because they're not paying a commission off of it. So that's the coolest part. Uh, now, so that's basically done. That's how done deal investments works. It's the, the, those are the three main steps of the process. Uh, very simple, very easy. Everyone wins on the deal. So that's the coolest thing about the whole entire thing. Everyone wins the seller, the investor and done deal investments itself. So the, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about with done deal investments is what I want to do with done deal investments, right? So what I really want to do is, is add different elements on to Dundee investments. Right now I'm working on adding home inspections, 
I don't have everything up to, you know, up to par. Right now I can only do the um, helping the distressed seller with the investor right now. But I want to, you know, I want to start adding inspections onto uh, done deal investments portfolio. And I want to, the reason for that too, by the way, is that helps property owners and investors, right? It helps both parties. But it really helps the property owner or the, the person that's trying to buy a property that might just be an average Joe. And what this does is it, when you get in a uh, home inspection, the home inspection fights a couple of different things. The first thing is if you're going to buy a property and then we inspect it, it's going to save you the heartache of, of if it, is it a good investment, Right. Because if you go and buy that property and there's a lot of stuff that's wrong with the property, then you just lost a lot of money on your investment, right? So it helps that. It helps if a warranty company, like let's say you have a home appliance warranty company. And by the way, I work for one, so I see it all the time where they, the service provider goes out and labels the condition of, let's say, a water heater uh, for pre-existing condition, meaning like it was there uh, when the person bought the house and it's pre-existing and you know they needed to replace the unit and now the the person's stuck paying a five thousand dollar water heater bill and the warranty company won't cover it so what the homeowner can do is send a a full inspection report on the house and try to fight the pre-existing condition with the warranty company most of the time i do see it, it you know that it helps them win that case and then the warranty company covers that expense so this will help you fight that, fight warranty companies that, you know, maybe they had a service provider that didn't have the right information and they marked it pre-existing conditions and they will help you basically give you that report and they'll fight that warranty company and you'll get reimbursed for your warranty uh, for that appliance. The other thing is if let's say you want to sell your property and you want to, you know, you want to get the, the most value out of that property and you want to invest in the right stuff, not the wrong stuff. If you do a home inspection, you'll know what things you need to invest in. So if your water heater is like, like 15 years old and like it's coming up to its last leg and you're like, okay, I know I got to go get a water heater. I'm going to invest some money into that before I sell it. I need to invest in cleaning up uh, this mold or I need to go and fix my roof for, for, <clears throat> sorry, for any reason, you know, you have to fix something the home inspection report will help you out in that way by saving you money and investing in the right appliances or the right stuff within your property, the outside, inside. Uh, it's what they consider a full report. But that's what, I, that's what I wanna add on right now. That's what I'm working on is the home inspections. Now, there's a couple of things I'm working on right now with it. Uh, I'm still going through, there's a lot of training and different things you have to go through with training. There's, uh, you have to get insurance, which I'm not, you know, I don't know if my entity will automatically insure that or if I'd have to get separate insurance. Um, that's something I got to look into. Uh, licensing, you have to have a license, I, I believe, to in order to operate in the state of Florida with home inspections. So I have to figure out how to do that. There, there's different elements, right, that I have to figure out before I can add it on. Um, and I got to, you know, like I said, the training course, so I have to have knowledge in order to be able to accurately perform a home inspection. So there's a lot of elements, but once I get it going, I'm going to start advertising and you could still hit me up for it, but uh, it might be a little bit longer. I was quoting before like four months, but it's, I'm going to be honest, it's probably gonna be a little bit longer than that. There's a lot of different things I'm trying to get in place so I can add it, uh, and, and, and be, you know, 
and be licensed basically accurately to do it. But um, so if you want like a free home inspection, once everything goes well and I start advertising, you want to get on a list ahead of time to be one of the first people we contact, just contact Dundeal Investments LLC any way, shape or form you feel comfortable doing and just say, hey, like I'm really interested in a free home ins- uh, home inspection and I'll put you on a list where once I get licensed and we start you know, getting this thing going with home inspections, I'll give you a call or I'll reach out to you whatever way you reach out to you. And that way um, I'll, I'll hit you up and we'll give you a free home inspection. All I'm asking for is a review. So either on the Facebook page or um, Google my business page or that business page. But I just want to review. That's all I'm asking for, for the first, you know, once we first start, I'm just going to give out free home inspections and I'm just going to try to get reviews uh, and try, you know, and I'm not asking for you to give me a perfect review. I'm just asking you to give me an accurate review. Um, and that way I can either, you know, I will be like, all right, like I shouldn't do this next time. Like this person didn't like this or, uh, so on and so on. Uh, just to enhance, you know, I got to get my name out there a little bit too, but that's that. But other things I want to add on too, by the way, is like financing. Uh, I want to do financing. I want to do, get a real estate team together and start, you know, get like a real estate team. But the reason I'm trying to do this is so it's all a one-stop shop. It, you're not, you're not going to seven or six different other um, different companies to try to get one job done, right? Because all you're going to need is you want to go find another property and you want to make sure that investment is safe, right? You want to make sure your money is not going into this property. And then all of a sudden, bam, you just, you lost all your money invested into the property. Uh, so that's what I really want to do is, is create it. So once I help the person out of the financial situation, they then go in to other uh, resources within my company, Done Deal Investments LLC, and, and they'll help, uh, help that individual out even further down, down the line and we'll get them a new property, which, which they can afford, right? And it'll meet their needs and, and they'll be more, more happy and satisfied, right? I'll take a tragic situation and turn it into um, a better situation for them. That's what I want to do. So, uh, so that's basically all I really have for you guys today. So that's Done Deal Investments LLC where the deal is already done. This has been episode 84 of Goals and Updates. I appreciate anyone that's watched. And if you guys have any questions, reach out to me, whether it's for goals and updates, whether if it's topics maybe you guys want to hear, whether it's more about done deal investments, just reach out to me in any way, shape, or form, and I'll get back to you guys. I appreciate everyone. Have a great rest of your week. See you Monday.